What about the best headline of the week in the Ayrshire Daily News? South Ayrshire Hotelier loses presidential election. <laughs> yeah. I think right. I saw I saw it was on CNN and I think the Americans were quite tickled. Didn't like, they worry about oh, it? No, I think they kind of, no, I think they got it. They did, there was a lot of explanation about it, but I think they liked the I think it's a bit of a theme because apparently the Aberdeenshire one, you know his golf course in the many estate, yeah, they, yeah. they did a similar one. Oh, did they? About, yeah. Let's go! Welcome to The Good Roundup. My name's Stuart Steele. I am joined as ever by Chris Lumsden. Hello. And Julie Murdoch. Hello. And we come together on a semi-regular basis to talk about the world of brand. A world that is small and confusing and means a lot of different things to different people. But we bring the sharp focus to the world of brand. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's so true. It's so true. It's so true. And today, uh, this is a topic that was suggested by Mr. Chris Lumsden, who has done what can only be described as very thorough notage for this topic, which Thank is you. good. No, it's very good. Uh, and the topic is your website is your brand. Oh, well, yeah. Not yeah. just the website is your brand. Is your brand. It's your website. Is your brand? It, yeah. it, it is. And, and can you explain a little bit more around that sentence? What do you, so, what do we mean by this, Chris? Well, it's kind of cobbled together, but I suppose it backs into the the scenario that we see quite a lot when we talk to clients or new clients or what or, or whoever they are, where they say to us that there's some brand work to be done, but don't worry about the website. That's being done either by another team or at another time or by another group. That's all been taken care of. We're just focusing on the. And it's this way that they're they're seen as, or they sometimes are seen, not not sometimes, quite often are seen as separate things. things. And also that, so what happens is you get channeled into this sort of linear path of creating brand guidelines, which are tend to be all about print and stuff like that, and quite often contain no detail around the digital angle or aspect. So it's so kind of old school on you know year two thousand, and and listen, we've played our we, we're as guilty as anyone else, I suppose, in, in, in being, uh, going along with this and we, ha- we have been involved in it. But I think we, we've drawn, we need to draw a line in the sand around it now, don't we? Because yes. we know better than that now. But it's, it's about being honest about how, you know, consumers behave. It comes to planning and researching purchase. It's a messy process, but, um, the digital angle on the website, probably primarily, is disproportionately important. So you can't do it without, you can't do brand without doing digital. When I first started doing websites in the, the 1890s, it was, you, the reason you had a website is that you needed to have a website. And it was like uh, the cool thing to do. And partly because you got PR from it. The evening, t- <laughs> the evening Times. Launching your new yeah, website. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Evening Times would come down with a photo, okay, so, and somebody would sit beside a computer and have their thumbs up. <laughs> And ready to launch and is that it, when they had when they first got a website yeah yeah so when a company got a website it would be like uh jimmy <laughs> Tuchter's uh soap manufacturer have, have launched on the world wide web and there was a lot of pr <laughs> around it and it was there and it would be a picture of the the md looking at a screen with a young geeky person with glasses and, and, and that would get you pr <laughs> i mean it would, it would get you pr and this is why you, there was a lot of drive towards that and then what happened was you needed to get a website because Jimmy McChurty's soap company 
has got one, so we need one because we've got to carry on with that. So then it was just a case of keeping up with the Joneses rather than any strategic-led And it was probably seen more of as, a, as an informational thing. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and it was, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of like so. Copy and paste that from the brochure. If you yeah, could, if yeah. you could scan so that. So many of them were just online brochures, yeah, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, and, and let, sometimes literally the amount of scanning that we had to do off the brochure to get the picture. <laughs> 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 okay. Have you got? Have, How have times you, have yeah, it's like when have you got a logo? I go, yeah, it's in this brochure, so you'd have to scan it and then try and tidy it up to put it online. And of course, and it it's wasn't not. There. That's no joking apart. That's not that long. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad you said that, Chris, because that makes me feel younger. Mm. But uh, it was uh, no, and it, that was the, the thing. And then slowly, what's happened over the last, well, let's say the last 10, 15 years. Let's say the last ten. Well, years. Since well the you've phone. Been to, since since, the since phone. you've been jumping in digital, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, yeah. certainly since the iPhone. The iPhone made it a little bit more. Uh, a, but, yeah, yeah, and it was kind of there in mainstream, and especially and and. That old thing about COVID being an accelerant, I think there's yeah. definitely yeah. a Just case of that. Yeah, putting that. And I think to your point about it being import, disproportionately important, it would, it'll be interesting to see what happens further down the line, but arguably with the current COVID scenario and how much more time everyone is spending on digital channels, mm. then it's even more so than is normally, I think. So why does it happen? Why do clients end up, because I mean, you, you've done the things, Stuart, your seven, five or five sins. What, what, this one plays to what, what aspect? I think it's a sense of digital maturity. I think it's like kind of got like, well, we need a website, so we'll just get a website. And it's seen as a technical thing rather than a, a branding But point you of view. talk about in your seven, five deadly sins, which is one about the inability of clients to break silos. Mm. Yeah. Talk about that. Because it plays, it explains, I think, why, well, partially why this happened. Well, we had a conversation with Helen, who's out in the office today as well, about that is that it, it originally because it was on a computer, then it was an IT solution. <laughs> and IT would take charge of the website. And so therefore, because it was a computer, and therefore we'll design it and we'll put the content in. And and, and it was a bit like getting your printer to design your, your brand a little Separate bit. Separate silo. Yeah. So it was in there. And marketing would, would be kind of out of the way. And as long as the logo was in the right place, it was there. But what happened was you got the websites which were... You know, you you've got a, a number of requirements, and they would be put in a list. And by the letter of the law, they're there. But from a brand perspective, it it was very it. And that's basically where you got the computer says no kind of thing because it's like, oh, you know what I mean, because it's, it's does it does it do this? Yes or no? And if the, the error message is this doesn't work, please mm. try again. And we've seen that a lot, haven't we, with just how decisions are made and still see it. Maybe it's conflict between product teams and mm-hmm. or sales teams and marketing yep. necessarily not always it, but that kind of lack of recognition that decisions should be made based on being or just making decisions based on what your customer wants and needs rather than what an internal department mm. deems necessary and important in the yeah. hierarchy around that. Yeah. One of the things, just back to the point, point about silos, I think one of the, I was reading an Envision article the other day or yesterday. It wasn't, and it was talking about product design, product development, but I think the, the point they were making, there was a quote from it that said, deep-seated silos and company infighting will ultimately hurt the user as well as your bottom oh. line. Ah, and I thought that kind of yeah. capt- captured it perfectly. Absolutely true, because the focus is then what the IT deliver rather than what the yeah. customer needs. Keep that and we'll, oh, well show it to clients. It Good. Yeah. And so, you know, this sense of that we have put up with Stuart for so long <laughs> and, and the... the the, the skills that he has and realized he's really, not going away yeah, anywhere. Really tried to incorporate them into the the business that we, you know that we now have incorporated that into our positioning and we have this 
if anyone actually does look at our site, this statement that says that we... You can't solve your brand problem without addressing the digital context. And that's what this is about. I think that's very central to our approach. Absolutely. And that's kind of part of our new client agreement policy stuff as well, which is unless we can really get our arms around all of the entirety of those initiatives or, or, or projects, then we really don't... Th- well, it's not. It's not. We're not going to deliver work, the best work. Yeah, we're, yeah. we can't. We're, we're not able to do our best work. But I think the the an important distinction to make there is that we don't necessarily need to do all of that work. So we, do, you know, we 100%. work with big global clients where, in terms of actually delivering implementation, we have very little to do with the digital aspect. But understanding how it fits and the the role it plays within a broader brand strategy is crucial to being able to solve those complex problems yeah, and the consumer and so it's digital first but not digital only yeah and i julie and i are fighting over who came up with that was totally me by the way i think it was well he who said it last said it best or something i look forward to you convincing julie that it was you <laughs> oh no I'm just, I'm just stating a point of view i'm not trying to persuade anybody <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, and I think that is important. And again, it's one of the reasons why you're not getting rid of me is that I think when, if you're going, if you go to a digital agency and these are interesting things now, if you go to a digital agency, every problem is going to be hit with a digital hammer. I think a good, we're a brand agency. And so everything we're going to hit is with brand. Now, digital is over indexing and in its importance, I would suggest, but it's oh. definitely not the only tool in the box. And if digital isn't right, after we get under the skin of a client, we're not going to suggest digital if it's not right, but chances are it's got quite a large part to play. And I think that kind of leads into there's a list of points that you So what have. yeah, so why is that I've cobbled together six or seven points which cross over quite a lot, but hopefully we'll get an argument, a discussion out of it. And uh, the the outline why, the backup why, you know, we believe that the website is oh the brand. God. It's like he's going to do it, isn't he? <laughs> I am, I am going to do it. So number one, and this is something, Stuart, you, you handled beautifully in a, a meeting recently. Thanks very much. Where, and I know it was actually a year ago, I think, when we, right. were, we, were, we were abroad, but you said basically you're an online business whether you think it or not. Yes. Can you expand? Yeah, I mean, you are. It's the first point of contact. I mean, we all do it. I think what's amazing when you're, when you're going through this is that you, you, the amount of people that don't learn by their own behavior, the first time that you kind of hear a new company, you're immediately, or even a new person. I saw somebody who's starting work at uh, a client today. And the first thing I did was copy and paste that name and fucking Google the shit. <laughs> and <laughs> that's what I did. Is, and that, and that, that was instinctive. That wasn't, yeah. that wasn't yeah. even a, I should find them out. It and it is amazing like how that. you forget that. Yeah, when it's you, your yeah. first port of call, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So that, so that is what you're doing. You're digging in and you're finding it. So you're, so the first point that somebody may be un- understanding who you are as a business is going to be Googling and, and finding it. And it may out. be the only point. It could, yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, oh, it could yeah, well depending be. Depending how effective, yeah. depending what they yeah. find on there. Because, because that, if, and another phrase I like to, you know, the, the salami of trust. Oh. Let's talk about the salami of trust. Okay. <laughs> yes. That sounds intriguing. Every company has, has, a salami. Has, has a salami, and that salami is made of trust. And it is up to you how thickly sliced you give that trust away. You can give it away in big slices or you can give it away little tiny little savoury slices. And if you go online and you're, that online experience isn't good, you're giving away big chunks of that salami. Yeah. And you want to make sure. And the, the thing about the salami of trust is that it runs out. And so well, you're kind of maintaining it. as well. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. I, you know, I was thinking about this and we were doing this 
you know, today and I was I was on a site yesterday and it just the images wouldn't load quickly enough. So I just gave up. (laughs) And this is something you talk about a lot, isn't it? And have talked about a long time about reducing friction throughout that, you know, and that I was, do see it a lot, see articles about it a lot in the B2C space about, you know, shopping cart abandonment and how little Mm -hmm. of a, you know, how, how small the obstacle needs to be for someone to just say, fuck it, I'm I'm out out of here. But, and I think, although it might not necessarily be shopping cart, but but the principle, the same principle applies very much in the B2B, B2B space with that kind of, Make it difficult for me, and I'm out of here. Yeah, you know, gone. That, that yep. big slice of salami well, is. That big salami. People laugh at the, the salami of trust, but it's a very good metaphor. <laughs> and you have a stat. There's a stat that you love. A stat. I do. Um, he doesn't always like to quote where they come I like, from. I know this one's <laughs> not sourced, Stuart, but the, the others are. Ninety-three percent of all business-to-business purchases start with an internet search. Yep. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's it not surprising. It, it makes yeah, sense. I mean, but, the thing. I mean, and again, to you, I think the the point you made earlier there about that difference between B two C and B two B. It's not the expectation of what the delivery, the endpoint is exactly yeah. the same. Well, don't, don't wear that one out because that's point number four. All right. But thanks. I think oh, you're, you know, to your point about you might be, you know, your online business, whether you think about it or not. I think again, not to over-index here on B two B examples, but I think, you know, it, it ties to your point about digital maturity. A lot of the clients that we work with in that b2b space are maybe slightly earlier in that digital maturity journey Mm -hmm. and i think the reality is that you know you may have a very traditional sales function and the sales team might not think that you're an online business but your Mm. customer does so you are not actively talking about point number four oh oh, sorry (laughs) okay so but you're right so you're right and we'll get there we'll get there so point number two Mm -hmm. i've just been told off (laughs) well i'm just guiding i'm just guiding just guiding. guiding guiding And this is another one of yours, Stuart, that factually or, you know, evidentially, customers actively choose to avoid conversations with suppliers. Yeah. I, I, I've got a graph when it doesn't really work in a podcast. I can also do the graph with my arms, which again doesn't work in a podcast. <laughs> but the, like how in, in the old days you needed salespeople to push because the, the, it was either going to be in a brochure or if somebody, if a client needed information, they would have to talk to somebody or get a brochure. That's gone most of the time. They're, they're expecting to get that information online. They're expecting to self-serve. They're expecting to be self-educated. And it is always quite interesting when you go in and talk to clients and they go, no, 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 our clients don't, our customers don't do that. And they go, well, your website would suggest that they do. And you should be helping them with that. Because again, the more useful you are, the more likelihood you're going to get in the sale. So your stat though is about... That people's the customers' first engagement with a sales representative mm-hmm. with an organization is actually when they're on average fifty seven percent way through their purchase journey, and that's from a, a survey that Google did. And it's so the question yeah. is, what are they doing beforehand? Yeah, right. and, and, and yeah, what happens in that space? And the interesting thing is that that's from two thousand eleven, and you've put a note here going, "How come it's so old?" <laughs> I think the fact that it is an <laughs> so old yeah, 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 is yeah. actually it's so from two thousand eleven, it's not have gone down. Yeah, it's gone up. It's 50. gone up. The threshold's gone up. So you, the, the kind of challenge for a for a client is to kind of go in that fifty seven percent of the space. What's happening in that dark matter? What's going on in there that we can influence and help and guide and yeah. push it for forward? So that other forty percent when they get in touch with us and it's even you know coming on to the third point about customer journeys but it is that thing about understanding what content's the right content Mm -hmm. that's Mm. likely to be helping content yep rather than selling content yep and content we talked about a couple of podcasts ago it is is a nightmare for clients because you've got to know what the 
right content is at the right time. But the only way that you can know that is by understanding the customer journey. Thanks, Julie. Point number three, understand the customer journey. Make sure that that experience that they're getting is optimized, the brand experience or the web experience. So, yeah. So what we're trying to do, that 57% of of the, that you don't know, you have to understand. Yes. What are they doing in that time? Yeah. And they're looking, and this is why I'm saying it's important that we're not just trying to sell to them at that point, you're trying to help them. And you have another stat. I yes, you do stats. have a so Stuart has a good stat, which is about seventy four percent of sales go to the first company that was helpful. So again, I think that's a it's a useful well, it's a useful indicator, ben, indicator yeah. benchmark to use to say how when it comes to content creation, is the content that you're creating, the content that on your site, is it helping customers in their in the in in their journey to understand and educate themselves? Like you say, the point about self informing and self educating to help move them further through that journey through the sales funnel to ultimately do something that you want them to at some point on the yeah, site, whether it, that's download content or complete a purchase or whatever it may be. And it's nice to feel that, I think that 74% stat is, it's like you reach a and you go, ah, they understand what I want. Yeah. Ah, this mm. is helpful. This is good. Yeah. So you immediately you're thinking, these guys get me. I think one of the interesting, and from a digital experience point of view, it's the increments of detail that make, it's almost the stuff that you don't notice that can make the biggest difference. And again, I suppose that comes down to that same point about reducing friction and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, it's similar to how, you know, when we talk about premium packaging, do you know what I mean? And it's the small bits of detail and attention to detail mm. that make the difference. And I think the same very much applies in the digital space because it is, like you say, it's not a computer says no message. It's a whatever it is. And that's where, again, your values and your brand values become a really useful tool and mm. guardrails there to guide what how your what that digital experience looks like for for different customers. Yeah, and I think that's been the maturity of the medium over the last 25 years has been from just having stuff there and putting it on there because it's easy to do because, you know, we might get the evening times around for a photo, <laughs> um, you know, which was a big driver for a lot of businesses back then. It's then kind of taking that around to kind of taking it a step further. And it's interesting from being on a computer, it's, it's been trying to be more personal at every stage. It's trying yeah. to consider the person at the other side of it as opposed to we've now got a website that's got six pages and a contact page. And that's a great point because I think that represents the intersection between brand and digital because brand, I think, traditionally has always tried to make things human Mm. or Mm -hmm. more relatable. And digital's been quite functional historically and I think this point now where they come together is really exciting Mm -hmm. and enlightened brands and organizations recognize that they can deal with friction and remove, help them remove friction by leveraging the brand in those spaces and, and at, at, at that time. So that's why we're particularly inter- interested in this. And I think it's really a fascinating space mm-hmm. um, for, for, for business and, and brand to live. So, okay, so customer journey. And now point forward, this is point forward. This is about the differences really, I think, in B2B and B2C. And Jules, you were saying, and, I, and the one thing I want to say before I hand over is I think you're absolutely right that B2B, I think, have been, have been slower to recognize some of this stuff because they're, you know, you know, they're, they're more interested and more invested in the sales dynamic mm. probably than the marketing dynamic. So there's a, there's a, almost a certain arrogance about the fact that the sale starts with the salesman, don't you know? And, think, and we've been in scenarios where you've, yeah. Stuart, you've proved that it hasn't. And that's when they open their eyes. 
yeah. think, and there's also, I think, and we touched on this in an earlier podcast, I can't remember what we were talking about, but that kind of belief within a lot of B2B organizations that B2B buyers are purely rational and logical when it comes to making decisions and purchasing. And that kind of, trans, it kind of shifts the bias towards being a much more kind of transactional experience online rather than necessarily something that's kind of wrapped in the the values of the brand. So, but I think, yeah, and it, you've got some stats here as well around, you know, 59% of B2B buyers explicitly indicate that they do not want to interact with a sales rep as their primary source of research. And back to Stuart's point about the amount of guiding content that a brand needs to produce in order to help those, that 59% of buyers who want to learn and educate and research before they even think about picking up the phone to, to speak to somebody. The challenge that you get in organizations is the fact that sales teams think that the website is going to take their job. Mm. And so what you have is a lot of self-preservation going on and saying, it doesn't work like that. We thought it's going to go, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. You're not it's such a unique business that, <laughs> that, it, does. that it, it just does. And it's, and that's fine. And because obviously with the shift to online banking and online shopping and everything else, the, the sense of for a B2B sales team is like, well, this is this is trying to get rid of us. But if anything, it should be looked at as enriching these guys' experience because what they can then do is they don't need to do as much selling. They can do a lot more consultative approach mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of trying to do the grunt work. They, if they've done, if if you've got a more informed customer, you're going to have an easier and probably more profitable sale. Yeah, and and so the education that needs to be done to sales teams, who, who you understand why the fear is, because I'm kind of walking into a room going, right, we're going to do better self service, and somebody's going, is this this is a money saving exercise to get rid of the sales team, and it's it's one customer. What's, what I find really interesting and frustrating is that you know my observations of where organisations should spend their human capital or where they should allocate it is not at that part because I think businesses are getting better and better at outlining content in in this space to help consumers guide them it's when you get to troubleshooting i want to speak to a person mm-hmm. and you mm. get locked in a dystopian digital circle that's a nightmare so i'd rather have but people then, to talk to to troubleshoot point. rather than to sell but we've also had but on the if you want an argument well i'm not going to argue with you but to contradict that point probably the we did a piece of work with a client a number of years back now which was specifically about creating self well, creating content so that for the support section for the site, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. To so that to reduce the number of calls that were going into the customer support function, and there was you know that that and that kind of the the need to be able. No, you might want to be able to pick up the phone and speak to someone, but the 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 need for people for that content to live online so that people can solve their own problems and troubleshoot themselves is something that is. is I agree. As important. I agree. But once I've been through those questions and seen that you my, want, then my you question. I need to go. Well, interestingly, we've had, I'll tell you what, we've had nothing but trouble with Marks and Spencers and flowers or pricks. So when basically... Oh, do you know, me too. Yeah, so, well, Sam's had nothing but trouble. Well, Sam's been getting a lot of flowers because she had to live with me for two weeks uh, while I had COVID. So when, so so what was happening, the flowers were coming in and were all crushed and they weren't particularly good. And Sam went on the website and was disappointed that the only option they had was a telephone number. Because mm. she did, she wanted to go. I don't want. I just want. Here's don't a want to note. Speak to I don't somebody. want to speak to somebody. Just want to tell you, you're well, rubbish. And especially because of the kind of jolly. Well, yeah, because she doesn't necessarily. She's going. She'll never listen to this. She never gets. She never gets past five minutes. Um. So <laughs> she she no, she didn't want to phone somebody out and saying your stuff is not very good. It's not. Oh, I that, love doing that. I don't, I don't, that's, <laughs> that's Saturday morning. <laughs> that's just your weekend funsies, though. It's not actually. <laughs> but I like to speak to a human to tell them that. 
<laughs> but and it is interesting that you've kind of got to judge the the level of interaction. And if Sam could get that, and the other thing, I had a good, I had a great experience with guess who. Sorry, it'd be boring, but Apple, where I wanted to find out something is if the Scottish uh, Apple store should still be open. Can I go and do my phone thing? And it was on a a, a self a chat thing. You got the sense it was a robot. Mm. But, but they still knew but it was yeah. great I mean it was like fine and within two minutes I got the thing and great. you just knew you were going to be on the phone for two minutes great. pressing buttons left right and centre sure. so it can help the process yeah, yeah. And, there, and it probably does have a saving for the business but it's ultimately yeah. what does the customer sure. need but that's and yeah as it, exactly what I was going to say your point about understanding the customer journey at what point do I though want to be able to pick up the phone and have and if question and the frustra- you're absolutely right and if the, the, the most frustrating bit and where the brand damage is done is where they don't recognise that yeah. Yeah. And when they don't recognize that, that's a fail. Yeah. Because there will always be circumstances because that's why where your website is your brand. Is your brand. Quite literally. And I think, you, and I think your point for, you know, you've headlined that B2B businesses are worse than B2C. I think the thing is that B2B try to wiggle out of a, it's different. Yeah. It's mm. different. And yeah. it's not because, because it's a more complex sale. Yeah. Yeah. They are more complex sales. Absolutely. But, what that means is people will spend probably longer and you know and and, and research yeah. more deeply. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So. Yeah, it's a more considered purchase most absolutely. of the time. Point five. Product pages are more important than home pages. Discuss, Stuart. I think the interesting thing about product pages is that's where the heavy lifting is, and there's a balance between doing sales messaging on product pages and here be the facts. Mm. And I think there is still there's a lot of love and focus spent on home pages and about us pages and even category pages but when it gets into the nitty-gritty of trying to make a comparison with one product and another mm. these pages then suddenly don't have the level of consideration and sometimes consistency that you can actually as a customer b2b or b2c make an informed decision it can get quite difficult and we've yeah, done an exercise is where, yeah the brand veneer you know, runs out after yeah. the home page because you, yeah, because you've got twenty five thousand product pages and who cares? You know what I mean? Well, the customer. Well, this I agree. Yeah, I yeah, agree, yeah. I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. And and so suddenly, and we've done sites where the the, the expect and this is where content's hard because the expectation is that the client are going to we'll do the content for that and then they're on their hundredth widget mm. and it's like on you know what? Let's yeah, just you copy can and tell. Paste that. It, you can copy. smell it, can't yeah. you? When you're on, it's like. Copy, paste, copy, paste, yeah. copy, yeah. paste. Yeah. But it's also, I think, again, we've seen, we've had experience where, you know, the, the content for those pages lives within, you know, obviously the product team have a core role to play there yeah. in terms of shaping that. But if it's completely separate from brand and then it, you know, it, it, it becomes a, and it should be a more functional page because, again, being mindful of where someone's at mm-hmm. in their customer journey, but it can't be completely devoid of anything related to, to, to the brand. Otherwise it just becomes, a, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just, I mean, and emo, it's interesting because emotion, brands brands don't take up a lot of emotional space in your head, but you respond a lot to emotional messaging that brands give you. Mm. Mm. And while I'm not suggesting you're doing a big emotional thing over a fridge on your product page, at least having some kind of brand emotion, humanity in those product pages will help sell a little hugely, bit better. Hugely, mm. I know? mean, sentiment and readability are... yeah. Are crucial crucial yes yeah. yeah so make the brand work make the brand live here yeah. it's, it's it's and the good thing is i think if you do your most of your competition aren't so it's easy to steal a yeah. steal a mark yeah absolutely you know absolutely which kind of leads us on to the the, the last point which i've made which is in this world and in this space it is a lot about tone language and 
and personality rather than design. Mm -hmm. If you get the sentiment uh, and the readability right and you get, especially in uh, the the more sort of language-driven channels, which probably are more social possibly, it's really important to understand how how these things all come together in concert. So headlines and hierarchies, we talk about that a lot with clients. Mm. I sent a note yesterday to Stuart Scott. Uh, uh, Apple sent something in about their new chip. And, you know, it's, when we talk about headlines and hierarchies, Apple are the best mm, proponent of it. There's a hook in the headline and there's a brief in, and then there's click here to go to go deeper. And it's just... They, they. I mean, we. How many? I know it's a cliche, and we 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 reference them a lot. But it's because they're so damn good at it. They're yeah. so damn good at it that no matter how deep you go, the brand is alive in that space yeah. everywhere. I think the intuitive nature of the interfaces and everything that Apple does clearly bleeds through into the digital experience as well, because you don't find yourself. At a dead end with not sure where to go. Sounding you know, like a mechanical code. Yeah, thing, you naturally yeah. kind of work. And I think that's where you talk, Stuart again, you know, talks has talks a lot about, you know, stuff being over designed as well. You know, on the flip side, we've talked about product pages being overly functional. I think you can go to, you know, we've obviously mm. seen instances at the other end of the spectrum where the, it's just, it's distracting because it's like just because you can stick a video component in there doesn't necessarily mean you should. And again, that's where you're kind of, you know, so yeah, your your values do drive some of that as well. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there was one there was one review of a site I had to do for a client saying you've never met an animation you haven't loved because the homepage just didn't stop moving, <laughs> and it was like going for the love of the baby Jesus, going to please stop moving this. And I think what was happening was you could see it the at the presentation mode to the, the marketing team. Oh, they love it. It was like, oh, no, that is really cool. But they only have to see it once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you've got somebody coming back to the same thing and it's like, look how clever we are and you have to wait those three seconds. And again, that's why Apple are the best of it. They still hit you with stunning visuals. But the information that you can get to... It and the words. Yeah. I mean, langu- the language... I mean, it's I'm the just balance of it, oh, isn't it? The balance just, of it's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And... You know, I mean, and, and sometimes you've got to have the hard hit. I mean, Nike do a lot of hard hitting visuals when you go into the site and then try and get out of the way. But I mean, I think for me, Apple really know what they're doing with it and understand the balance of trying to impress you to make you feel that this is a premium product that you're about to buy and also give you the information that makes you want to get it. But I mean, there's other people who go, no, we need, what we need is this thing to go boing, boing, boing. So what do you say design doesn't survive the first? Yeah, yeah. I mean, once once you've seen the design, doesn't survive the user. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it's kind of once you kind of get that out of the way, you want to get into the detail of it. You're there, and Apple are good at just knowing when to push and Mm -hmm. when to pull back. And and I think that 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 is that saying no to things is as hard as saying Mm. yeah. Let's put another animation on. What it, what it needs is more content, yeah, mm. or more. No, well, 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 I know. I was just about what? to correct myself. There's no such thing as too much content. Just, just the wrong content. Just wrong content. content. Sorry, Stuart. It's all right. Sorry, shark. Sorry. Here's the shark today. We'll do it again. Oh. It's got a new shark T-shirt. We've not heard any Sean. Come on. No, I'm not doing any. He's not a performing monkey. Oh, That's right. what I was looking. For. So that brings us to the end of the um, preachy. Uh, your website preaching. is oh. your brand. And, I, I and that, thankfully, hasn't got at all annoying <laughs> throughout. Well, I hope that the, that you know, these previous points have illustrated the fact that it can be dangerous to separate the two. Mm. I think you know, we should have a quick recap on what those six points yes, are. Yes, recap a week. Who, me? Yes, you. Yeah. Okay, so point number one, you're an online business, whether you think it or not. Point number two, 
customers actively choose to avoid conversations with suppliers. So be aware of that in, in the content you Use create. Use your content to guide. Point number three, make an effort to understand the customer journey. What are they guys? What are those guys doing in that 57% of time before they maybe reach out? Number four is B2B tend to be worse than B2C. So just try and write that balance. And then five and six are kind of variations on the same thing, which is product pages do the heavy lifting. Home pages are for the pretty, but product pages are where the, where the difference is, is made. And then be really aware of the fact that tone, language, and personality trump design logos and, and, and that kind of thing. And that's about the brand really seeding into all of the, you know, the depth of the site and into the, the, the content. So, yeah, that's where we are. So all, are. all channels lead back to that base, that website base. So, Make sure it's make sure you're looking after it. Make sure it's on brand, and make sure it's um, make sure it's, it's what the, the customer wants. Representation of your brand. Brilliant, guys, Boom. you're the best. That has been an average podcast, <laughs> and I have thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> Me too. Until next time. Bye. Bye.